Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Episode 94, Retirement 101. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome back to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And we are super excited for probably our most requested episode topic of all time. It's Mm -hmm. Retirement 101. We're going through it. And technically, we're an investing podcast according to Apple Podcasts, but we don't talk about investing. So... We are, we're making it official today. (laughs) I don't, I I still don't know that this is going to be a defining factor for us. Y'all are real responsible wanting to talk about retirement. I'm proud. So we're providing for you. So the last time we talked about investing was episode 29. Uh, We had a financial planner, Andrew Yang, Andrew Wang on the show And we talked about investing for frugal folks. Mm -hmm. So a lot of low cost, low fee options for your investments. But we didn't so much touch into retirement. So tax saving strategies, uh, which save you a lot of money now and in the future. So that's what we're going to get on today's show. But first, our sponsors. Mm. Also brought to you by Florida. Jen's birthplace and home to where all good and right things happen. (laughs) It's also quite fitting that this southernmost state, this place of sunshine and warmth, decided to sponsor us this week with an official state song titled Old Folks at Home. We can think of no better supporter as we discuss retirement. Florida the place Jen lives, the place I want to live, (laughs) and the place we can all live if we dream big and save for retirement. Yes. Old folks at home. Do you know it? Do you know it? Nope. I looked it up. It's a real thing. It is Florida's national, not national, Florida's state (laughs) song, Old Folks at Home. You know, I've never heard it, but I have no doubt because this is really where the old folks come to be at home. There's a line in there that says something like everywhere else I roam is dreary and cold. I just long to be with the old folks at home. Something like that. And I was just like, yes, that so resonates with my heart. (laughs) So as this episode is releasing, Eric and I are actually in Florida pretending to be retired. We're not retired yet, but parking on Jen's property with the old folks at home. Yes, we are spending a month-long frugal friends retreat in Florida. It's going to be It's a business write-off, business retreat. Yes, everything. Everything that I do for that month is going to be a business (laughs) write-off. And uh, so for my taxes in 2020, and speaking of taxes... You know what the one of the best tax deductions you can get every year is your deductions for your contributions to your retirement account. They're Mm. they just they lower the amount of money that you are taxed each year on certain accounts. And so we're let's dive into retirement. Let's Let's just do do it. it. Yeah. So our first article is from Investopedia. 
because why not? We're talking about retirement. And it's called, how much do I need to retire? So Mm -hmm. this is the big question that a lot of you guys had uh, in our Frugal Friends community on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So it's the the first thing we're going to go over. Mm -hmm. What did you think of this one, Jill? Uh, Really helpful. Uh, We are not going to lie to anybody here because we never lie to you. This is Jen's area of expertise. So for me, I think what they talk about and the information that they provide is very entry level, but yet tangible and helpful. Mm -hmm. So I I really appreciate actually both the articles that we covered. uh, And I thought really good tips on retirement. Yeah. And I'll preface this to say that Jill nor I are certified financial planners. We hold no certifications in any financial industry. So the advice that we give today is meant solely for entertainment purposes. Mm -hmm. And it's what uh, we do. And we're just helping friends get together and talk about what they do. So Mm -hmm. uh, that is our legal disclaimer. That's the approach. For this one. So first, uh, 401k participants were asked, how much do you think you need to retire? And the answer that they gave was 1.7 million on average is how much people think they need to retire. Mm-hmm. And uh, most are not on track to get there, even though that's how much they think they need. And I also read a study today that says most um, most Americans are confident in reaching their financial goals, yet all of them are behind on them. <laughs> oh, there's only like 23% that are on track. <laughs> so while we're confident... And we think we know how much we need. Uh, we're all behind. Mm-hmm. Is basically what that is. Yeah. Saying. And they made a good point about part of the reason for that is this difference between a savings versus an investing approach. That most people actually take a savings approach thinking if I just set this money aside, that's fantastic. Uh, I'm on my way. And yes, something is better than nothing. But you're not going to get at that 1.7 million or more unless you are also investing and you're making your money work for you. Because savings accounts typically pay lower returns than do investment accounts. So this is where we want to look at what is our approach. Are we more so saving or are we actually putting in some of the legwork to invest our money so it can grow? Yeah, this mindset thing is so huge because I grew up with a not even a saving mindset. And I think a lot of other people, uh, their parents didn't save, we weren't taught to save. So to make the jump from like not saving to just trying to save yeah. and then people come and they're like oh now you have to be investing for your retirement and they're mm-hmm. and you're like hold up let me get through this mm-hmm. and then I'll start investing but if you wait to take the leap then you miss out on so much mm-hmm. so before you count yourself as a saver instead of an investor start to develop the mindset of i invest i'm an investor even if you're just putting money into your 401k and it comes out of your paycheck, you don't even see it. Mm -hmm. You're still an investor. Mm -hmm. So start getting into that mindset. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's a great point. And also with what you're saying, Jen, the earlier you get on board with investing, as in utilizing these different platforms that can grow your money and have higher rates of return, the the better off you are because you want to take the risks that you can when you're young. So if you're in your 20s and 30s listening to this, this is something you really want to go hard at now. If you're in your 40s, 50s, 60s, you don't want to be taking as many risks with investment strategies. So making that switch early on is crucial. For sure. So how much do you need to retire specifically? Mm -hmm. That's the average amount that respondents to this survey said, 1.7 million. But how do you know what is right for you? So Mm -hmm. most experts uh, say it should be about 80% of your final pre-retirement salary. And so you don't know what your final pre-retirement salary is, but you can kind of just add 2% every year to what you're making now and and get a prediction of what your pre-retirement salary is. And you can do that on a 
uh, online on like retirement calculators, it, it can do that for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically, if you're making 100K at retirement, you need to have enough saved to take out 80,000 per year and have a comfortable, to have a comfortable lifestyle. I don't know how much I agree with that as a theory because you can't predict, like maybe you're going to make a lot more money than just 2% compounded with raises, or maybe you're going to make a lot less. Maybe you have to leave the workforce for a medical condition. Like you don't Mm -hmm. know um, how much you're going to need in retirement and that's okay. Um, Some people say that you can maybe... Maybe it's only 80% because you can take out the portion of your mortgage because hopefully you'll have your mortgage paid off. But then to that, I say, well, you're going to have a lot more medical costs. So you might as well just replace that with medical costs. Mm -hmm. So there's no real, real way to pinpoint what you're going to need in retirement. Mm -hmm. Um, the, The best hedge we have against it is to live frugally now and just to maintain a lower cost of living in general mm-hmm. to to protect yourself. Well, and to be actively involved in this process. The article talks about managing your investments and avoiding this set it and forget it mindset of, okay, I'm contributing to my 401k, that's it. To really grow this and to make sure that you've got the most amount of money in your retirement savings is and investment is to be paying attention to it and to be evaluating on a yearly basis, what is my salary now? So based off of that and the standard of living that I want when I retire, how much do I need to be putting aside now? Which can include a percentage, right? Like making sure that you're putting aside at least 10% into some sort of savings investment for retirement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I much more resonate with the uh, goals that say you should save this percentage of your salary and just adjust that by age. Yeah. Uh, so the one they give here is 15, 25, 50. Mm. It says to reach your goals, save 15% of your salary beginning at age 25 with 50% invested in stocks. And I did not start at that age. So I have just adjusted. Um, so I have to save more than 15% to make up for that. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think I, re- I think I did a calculator and to have 1.7 million, I need to invest 18%, which isn't bad. It's just a little bit higher. And I know the younger you start, the less you have to invest overall. So the earlier is always better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also this is 50% stocks and I'm probably 99% stocks. Oh, wow. So I, yeah. And, and I think that's totally fine for people in their thirties. I know mm-hmm. people that are, I, I know tons of people that are invested just like that, like mm-hmm. 90% stocks all the way up until they're gosh, fifties, sixties. Mm-hmm. So it's not maybe the best idea, but people do it. So mm-hmm. don't be, it's a little riskier. Mm-hmm. You want to ideally make your portfolio more bonds as you get closer to retirement. So they're saying 50% stocks. And I assume the other 50% would be bonds. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say what the other 50% should be. And so that's another thing. Like I have, I wasn't raised as an investor. How do I know what the other 50% is? Mm-hmm. I don't. <laughs> don't you, do, tell me. you do the best you can, Jen, yeah, with what you got. Yeah. So I need a simple, I needed a simple yeah. way to figure this stuff out. So The Simple Path to Wealth by J.L. Collins. It's a mm. book we read in our book club last year. That book really helped me define a simple plan for investing. And we're all about simplicity here. And so I highly recommend The Simple Path to Wealth by J.L. Collins. And uh, that's, yeah, that's what I follow. And he's definitely 90% in stocks Mm -hmm. when you're in Mm -hmm. your 30s. Mm -hmm. I think, and we'll get into this more, but even just 
breaking down some of the barriers to even understanding these things is helpful. So yes, listening to podcasts, reading books, and teasing through some of the overwhelming or scary or confusing aspects of what this means to be investing for retirement really helps. And, And so I think where the merit is in this article is giving some sort of baseline, right? So if you just, the question of how much do I need? It's a very simple question. It's a very foundational question, but I think it's very telling that that is one of the number one searched questions on the internet. Mm -hmm. Most people don't know that. So to start somewhere. And so I like these suggestions, but again, as with anything we talk about on our podcast and when it comes to frugality and financial goals to make it work for you. But Mm -hmm. yet, know where kind of the standard lies. And so I like some of the suggestions. Again, we can play with it. Uh, We can make it work for us. But they are suggesting that you have, by the time you're 30, your annual salary accumulated in savings for retirement. So whatever you make in a year, that it could be a goal for you by the time you're 30 that you have that amount in savings. Of course, if you're listening to this at different ages, the different brackets that they give is that by age 40, you would have two times your annual salary accumulated in savings. By age 50, four times annual salary. By age 60, six times annual salary, and by age 67, eight times annual salary. So you can see how it kind of continues to grow and grow and multiply upon itself as you get older and older. Hence, again, starting younger is best. Mm -hmm. Um, But just a guideline, right? These These things where we can say, what's the guideline? What's the blueprint? A place to start from so we even know what we're aiming at. Yeah, yeah. And so... Figuring out what you need to catch up, which is what I had to, Mm -hmm. I am still not at, I'm 30 and I'm not at my Mm -hmm. full annual Mm -hmm. salary. Mm -hmm. So we are as a couple at my full annual salary, but not individuals. So we're still playing catch up because we had so much debt and we paid Mm -hmm. it off. And, and that's going to be the story for a lot of our listeners too. We're all playing catch up. So I think starting with 15% if you can uh, and and working your way up like mm-hmm. maybe one more percent every month yeah. and just going at it easy until you get to a place that's stretchy but sustainable, you'll really mm-hmm. thank yourself for investing more now, even though it seems difficult. So you mm-hmm. might say, oh, I'll, I'll just invest a little now. And when things free up, I can invest more later. And that is the opposite approach you should be taking. Mm -hmm. Invest as much now as possible, like to the point where it's uncomfortable. A lot of you who are paying off debt, you know that uncomfortable feeling. (laughs) You've been there. This is familiar. Right. right. And so even even if you prolong that for maybe another year or six months or two years, however long you can sustain it, then let off the gas and and you will be in such a better place yeah. Uh, than if you just start to wait and then if you yeah. try and wait. Yeah. Don't let this overwhelm you. Start somewhere and know mm-hmm. that, yeah, Jen, you just shared where you're at. You're still playing catch up. I'm 30 and this year I will finally pay off my debt. And yeah, we've got a little bit in savings, but I don't have my full salary in savings yet. So yeah, it's going to be some catch up for me over the yeah. next decade. Yep. Yep. So, all right. There are a few other ways you can figure out how much to save. A popular one that is in the financial independence, retire early, is called the uh, 25% rule or the rule of 25. Mm. Uh, So that it says you should have 25% of your gross salary each year starting in your 20s. The 25% savings figure may sound daunting, but keep in mind, it includes not only your 401k withholdings, but also the other types of savings mentioned above. Actually, I don't think that's that's not the fire one that I... So the fire... Okay, that it doesn't have the one that I was thinking. I, mm-hmm. So I'm going rogue because it's not in the article. So the 4% rule, it does have. So the 4% rule is essentially 
you want to be able to take out 4% of your retirement fund every year because that will mean you can take the money out and it won't eat into your nest egg. So divide your desired annual retirement income by 4% and that kind of gets you to where you want to be. They use $80,000 on this one. So if you make 100K at retirement, you want to live off 80% of it, that's 80K. So you would need a nest egg at retirement of about 2 million because 80,000 divided by 0.04 is 2 million. And so you can take 4% of 2 million every year, which is 80K, and live off that, and it'll never touch your to your nest egg. So it'll just keep maintaining that. You're, you're essentially living off the dividends every year and, and you never touch the 2 million. So you'll never run out. So that's the 4% rule. That's another way to figure out what you should have saved mm-hmm. uh, for retirement. And this strategy assumes a 5% return on investments um, because after taxes and inflation, that's what you can likely, some people say five, some people say six, but five or six is what you're going to want to use to calculate your investment returns. Because a lot, a lot of people will be like, oh, but the stock market's returning like eight. So I'll calculate with 8% or it's, cal- it's returning with 12%. Somebody likes to use the 12% return on all of his calculations. <laughs> Who might that be? <laughs> Somebody really likes to use 12%, but you have to take into account inflation and taxes and being being conservative market downturns and stuff like that so mm-hmm. I personally use six mm-hmm. I like to have a conservative op- yeah conservative but optimistic <laughs> oh you just cute that's <laughs> what you. I just call cute conservative and optimistic this is cute thank you, <laughs> thank you. So yeah, and then the last part of this is how much can you save for retirement? Because saving 15% of your income sounds nice and saving $2 million sounds nice, but like how much can you afford to? Mm -hmm. So the percentage of income left over and available for saving for workers between the ages of 25 and 74 averages 18.4% on a pre-tax basis. Uh, And that is from a study on... Let me see, from Investopedia. So this figure is above the 15% saving formula. Mm-hmm. And, and so theoretically, 15% is possible for people because that is the difference between average incomes and spending mm-hmm. annually. Mm-hmm. So you should be able to do that. But the figure is well above the 15% savings formula and potentially within the 25% figure that I mentioned earlier. So the Average pre-tax percent of income left over after expenditures by age group should be uh, for 25 to 34, should be able to save 19%. And then from 35 to 44, that jumps up to 23%. 45 to 54, that jumps up to 27%. And I don't know where these getting they're getting these numbers where people need to be saving almost 30% of their income. Or are like they saying kids that, in college. that is what they have? Right. So like they're probably imagining yeah, between no, that's 45 what, yeah. to 50, age 45 to 54, you are probably making the most that you will ever make. And For sure. so okay. You're right. you would probably have about 27% to be able to save. Okay. So these are just more numbers from their survey. Like mm-hmm. if you're between 45 and 54, then you should be able to save 27% of your income. Based on average income versus expenses. If you're not there yet, the best is yet to come, people. 45 to 54, that's the sweet spot for earning potential. Yes, because then it does go down 55 to 64, it goes down to 22%, Mm -hmm. and then up until retirement, saving 8%. Mm -hmm. So that's what theoretically the numbers should show. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much people reading Investopedia are making or if they found normal people. (laughs) But all that to say 15% is not an obscene number. You should be able to work your budget, make some extra income, whatever, to get to 15%. And it Mm -hmm. is the safest number. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there you go. There's a guideline for you. You don't need to be saving 70% of your income or 
10%. But so that's how much you should be saving theoretically. Mm -hmm. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. If you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet, finance smarter. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic, oracle.com slash strategic. Our next article is about where to save for retirement. So it's from moneyunder30.com and it's the beginner's guide to saving for retirement. So Jill, as somebody who's beginning to save for retirement, what did you think of this one? Oh, yes. It just felt like a breath of fresh air for me of breaking down all these acronyms, helping you to understand just the basics of retirement investing and saving. And honestly, my biggest takeaway, you you already heard me say it on this podcast from this article was the worst thing you can do is nothing. And to me, that's encouraging, right? Because yeah. we can we can get into all the nitty gritty. We can get into all these different numbers and percentages and acronyms and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, let's do something. The worst mm-hmm. thing you can do is nothing. So don't let it be a barrier to taking that first cu- that first step. Yeah, and we're not here to answer the debate like should you be investing for retirement while you're paying off debt. Because I think that's a really, it's a divisive argument. And Mm -hmm. some people want to finish off paying off debt before they retire. And that's fine. Some people want to keep investing while they pay off debt. That's also fine. Mm -hmm. The worst thing you can do, though, is wait. So after you pay off debt, then you just do nothing. Or Mm -hmm. you get lazy while you're paying, you know, doing two things at once and you can't handle things. And Investing falls to the wayside. Prioritize investing at whatever time it comes for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this one goes through a lot of things about investing, but we really want to focus on the different tax advantage vehicles for your investing. And if you were with us all the way back in episode 29, you heard us introduce index funds. And those are funds, mutual funds that you'll find in a lot of different investments. So we won't go over those right now. But investing in tax-advantaged retirement accounts saves you a lot of money. It saves you, you can line it up so you can save money today, this year, and then also save money in the future. And neither is better you want to have a mix of both Mm -hmm. if it is available to you. Mm -hmm. So the first vehicle is your 401k or your 403b. Uh, 401k is an account that you get through your employer, which is funded through pre-tax payroll deductions. And what that means is that 
you don't have to pay income tax on those deductions. So if you are in a 22% tax bracket, those portions that are in the 22%, you get to keep an extra 22 cents of every dollar invested, essentially. So that's more money that gets to go into the 401k than if you were to get your paycheck and already 22 cents has gone to taxes and then you invested it and you'd be just putting 78 cents in. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, that's what pre-tax means. Uh, you just get more money up front to invest. And then when you retire and you take money out of your 401k, that's when it's taxed. So say you are still, if you're taking out enough money that you still are in the 22% tax bracket, you're still going to, for every dollar you take out, you only get to keep 78 cents of it because 22% of that goes to taxes off the top. Mm -hmm. But you've let your dollar compound an interest for so long that you have a lot more money than you would if you were just investing 78 cents of every dollar. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of money. um, And then you just pay that tax later. And then the 403B is the same. It's an account that you get if your employer is um, educational or a nonprofit. Nice. We also want to break down what an IRA is. So I loved this simple explanation that an IRA is simply another vehicle for your money. And it stands for an individual retirement account. So this account is not dependent on where you work. Anyone can open it. So this particularly for you subcontractors, people who don't have these 401ks, 403bs available uh, within your work environment, absolutely be looking at IRAs. So there's a couple different kinds of IRAs. A lot of people, even if you do have a 401k or 403b, also utilize an IRA because they they offer different benefits that employer-sponsored retirement accounts don't. But they come in different varieties. So you've got your Roth IRA, which uses after-tax money. You've got your traditional IRA, which is tax deductible, and you've got your SEP IRA or SEP IRA, which is for the self-employed, and it's it also has some tax advantages. So there's a couple of different kinds, but essentially another vehicle for your money. Yeah. So the traditional IRA and the SEP IRA look just like a 401k. The difference between the SEP IRA and the traditional IRA versus the 401k is that Your 401k is offered by an employer and it has a higher limit. The limit, uh, as we're saying this in 2020, is $19,500 per year that you can contribute if you are under the age of 50. If you are over the age of 50, uh, you can put away $26,000 per year. And that is in 2020. And that is for our U.S. listeners. I can't say what it is in Canada or anywhere else, y'all have different tax advantaged retirement accounts. Mm -hmm. But in the US where we are at, that is it. Mm -hmm. And for IRAs, the limit is 6,000 per year currently. Mm -hmm. So that is for across all IRAs. So that's where it gets into wanting to balance this tax advantage now, tax advantage later, Mm -hmm. is by having both your money in a 401k or 403b and having a Roth IRA, which is taxed now. So you're putting that 78 cents now and then you're letting that 78 cents grow. But all that money that grows, you don't have to pay taxes on anything in the end. Mm -hmm. So that actually saves you more money in the end uh, by investing in a Roth IRA and maxing that out every year. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it is only a $6,000 limit. So hopefully you're investing more than that every year. So balancing that with savings in your 401k, because you also don't know what your income is going to be like in 30 years. If Mm -hmm. you end up 
And right now you're in a lower tax bracket and you're investing 78% of, of that dollar. Maybe you're in a higher tax bracket later down the road. You don't want to be paying 25% on those dollars you're pulling out that would favor an IRA. Well, maybe you're making less. And so it's better that you pay taxes down the road than it is for putting all your money in the Roth IRA now. Because things are unpredictable, that's why you ha- want to have a balance mm-hmm. between both types of accounts. Mm-hmm. And, and usually the, the order of operations that's most optimal is getting whatever match you can get in a 401k. So whether that's three, four or 5%, then investing in a Roth IRA, if you qualify, you have to make less than, I think it's $250,000 or something similar to that. Don't quote me on that one. Um, But then you qualify for a Roth IRA if you make less than that every year. Mm. So then maxing out your Roth IRA and then going back to your 401k and investing in that up to the 15% mark or Mm -hmm. 18 or 27 or wherever you're at. Mm -hmm. So that's the order of operations. And people in personal finance kind of agree on that across the board. It's it's not like a polarizing thing. Mm -hmm. Get your free money, choose your IRA, because you don't always get to pick what's in your 401k either. It could be a very high fee managed mutual fund but it's still worth getting the tax advantages, but you may not want to put all of your money in there and forget about the IRA. So Mm -hmm. get your Roth IRA where you can control it and you can choose all the good funds and then go back to the 401k. Mm -hmm. And then there's some things you can do after that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And once, once you've begun this, continue to make that money work for you. We said this already, but young people take bigger risks because you're able to. Um, you've got more time to recover. So utilize stocks, utilize your e- ETFs or is it EFTs? Whoops. ETFs. Okay. It is ETFs. Yeah. Um, these are your low cost index funds. Um, you know, the article talks about whether or not investing in specific stocks is going to be wise over time. Everybody's got to make their own decisions. This article argues that your ETFs are a better route because research shows that generally a stock might do really well for like two to four years, but in the long run, it's unlikely that you're going to end up, end up on top. And so these, these low cost index funds are usually the best route, mm-hmm. um, but certainly make your own decisions. But once you reach your forties, fifties, sixties, and beyond, you want to start thinking about moving that money out of stocks and into your more safer assets like bonds. Yeah. And you will find them all on the same platform. It's very easy. You'll find stock funds and bond funds right next to each other. So don't be afraid of hearing the words stocks and bonds and investment stuff like that, because they have made it, these investment companies like Vanguard, Fidelity, Schwab have made it really easy for you to invest money with them. Mm -hmm. They want to make the user interface so easy. So they even have target date funds which is just a place where you put your money in and at a certain age, it becomes more conservative. So Mm -hmm. without you even having to reallocate your stocks and bonds, it just does it for you and gets more conservative the closer you get to retirement. And target date funds are totally fine to have your entire life uh, or until you get like super nerdy into investing and you want to switch them out. So it's, <laughs> yeah. So don't be afraid of those words. Mm-hmm. And we're not talking about social security here. We probably should have mentioned this when we were talking about how much to save that a lot of retirement calculators will factor in social security too. But I think for millennials, we have to we have to take Social Security into account, but we shouldn't count on it. Uh, we don't know what it's going to look like when mm-hmm. we get to retirement. It will mm-hmm. It will probably be there. I'm not thinking that it's going away. It's, 
it's unlikely it will look like what it does today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So don't count on it. Let it be a pleasant surprise. Yeah. <laughs> not, yeah. Not what you base your whole retirement around. For sure. Yeah. Some of the other places where you can put your money if you're going beyond the Roth IRA and the 401k, those include your HSA. So that's a health savings account. Part of it is a cash fund and then part of it is an investment fund. So if you have one through your work, you can, you qualify if you are part of a high deductible health plan, you can have an HSA. And this is different from an FSA, flexible spending account. FSAs end at the end of the year. HSAs stay with you and they become an investment account past like $2,000. Anything saved in there past that is an investment account that can be used uh, tax-free, tax penalty-free on medical purchases. And the list of things you can use an HSA on is insane. Band-Aids. You can buy band-aids with your HSA. Mm -hmm. And this becomes really important when we get older. An HSA becomes invaluable because a lot of our spending will become Mm health-related in retirement. Mm -hmm. So past a certain age, you can use your HSA for any purchases penalty-free. But medical expenses are something that people do not factor as much in for as they should Mm -hmm. in their retirement calculations. Mm -hmm. And an HSA is a really great thing to have around if you have extra money to invest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Speaking of a good thing to have around. Mm. Have this around every week. It's the Bill Bill of the the week. Week. time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the Bill of the Week. Hey, Jen and Jill. This is Erin. I've been listening to you guys for a while. Really enjoy the podcast. And my bill of the week is especially exciting because it's in the theme song. My Buffalo Bills are going to the playoffs, clinched their 10th win in their playoff berth last night in the Sunday night game against the Steelers. And I get so excited every week when I hear the theme song and I hear Eric shout Buffalo Bills and I'm playing the shout song because the Bills are going to the playoffs. Thanks so much for all you do. Talk to you soon. <laughs> Buffalo Bills, Bill Clinton. Uh, this is I've Bill been waiting Owen. for that one. Yes, you actually came in with a Buffalo Bills Bill of the Week because they're going to the playoffs. Aaron, yes. you're my hero. So after, I mean, when this airs, it will be after the Super Bowl. When does this air? After the playoffs, yeah. Well, I think it'll be after... Right, right, right. Oh, you're right. Like after everything. Yeah. February 2nd is when the Super Bowl is. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So it will have just happened. And I cannot honestly tell you if the Buffalo Bills are still in the playoffs. (laughs) Yeah. But at this time, when we record, (laughs) uh, the Buffalo Bills are going to the playoffs and we can delight in that. We can. We are so delighted. And okay, so they're not out anymore. They're not in anymore. But they went to the playoffs. (laughs) (laughs) You can see how behind we are with bills. Thank you for sending in all of your bills. (laughs) The Buffalo Bills went to the playoffs and we can be excited about that. They were wild cards, and they were in for a little while. Yes. Aaron, thanks for calling in. Thanks for your bill, even though the bill has passed. Fate has fans. decided. Uh, if any of you all out there want to submit your bill of the week, may- maybe the the Buffalo Bills are back doing something cool. <laughs> 
Call us next year when the bills make it back. Yes. Visit frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill. Leave us your bill. And, you know, we'll air it about two months later. If your bill is time sensitive, send us an email. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's ever sent us a time sensitive bill before. I know. This is a new territory for us. This is embarrassing. (laughs) Well, here we are. Yeah, we're not going to backtrack. We're going to we're going to keep it in there. This is it. Yeah, we're going to We're not we're afraid keeping, of embarrassment. We're going. We stay. We don't listen to them until we record the episodes and true, we're not starting now. True to form. True to form. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. If you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet, finance smarter. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And now it's time for the lightning round. Pew, pew, pew. That one felt more exciting. These are your retirement questions answered. Yes. When we ask you what episodes we should do every quarter, a lot of you had specific retirement questions. Mm -hmm. And we covered some of them in the main episode, but I want to make sure that your specific questions are answered. And uh, we'll start. We'll start it off with what accounts you should have which is something I mentioned right before the bill of the week, your IRA, your 401k or 403b, and your HSA. I think those are the three most important retirement accounts you can have, specifically IRA being Roth. And uh, so you actually can choose in some places if you want a Roth 401k or a traditional 401k. And you have the same choice with an IRA. You can also choose a traditional IRA. Why would you have a traditional IRA? Well, I needed one when I left my job and needed to roll over my 401k. I roll it over in a traditional IRA because they are the same thing. Mm. And I also had part of my retirement in my Roth 401k because balance, why not? Mm -hmm. And there was absolutely no science or reasoning behind what I contributed Mm -hmm. to the Roth versus the traditional 401k. I just did a little bit in each. Mm -hmm. So those are, those are it. Yeah. For me. Our next question is what's in my retirement account? Well, as paraphrased, (laughs) (laughs) here's the answer. Usually mutual funds, although we prefer index funds, which Um, is a type of mutual fund. Yeah. You can control what goes into your IRA, but you can't always control what's in your 401k or 403b. So, you know, there's that. There's more control with the IRA. Have fun with (laughs) that. Sorry. (laughs) I kind of left that one off. Uh, Yeah, it's 
just stocks and bonds so that you don't have to like individually stock pick everything that's in your IRA or 401k. They put them all into these mutual funds. And uh, we like index funds because they're passively managed and that makes them less expensive. And that's what goes in. And you can choose which ones you want for an IRA. And usually you can choose them for a 401k too. There's usually a target date fund or something you can put in there. But sometimes there's fewer options in your 401k. I know, unfortunately, I know a lot of teachers don't have great options in their 403bs. Mm. So that that's unfortunate, but you have all of the control with your IRA. So mm. that's why we love IRAs. Mm-hmm. Next, stocks versus bonds <laughs> question. Mm. It wasn't, there was no question mark on it, but it just, it's stocks versus bonds. So index funds made up of both of them. Mutual funds also made up of both of them. So you'll usually find funds that are stock funds, and then you'll find bond funds. And bonds are just like loans made out to different companies and stuff. And then they pay them back with interest and you get some of the interest. Mm -hmm. So stocks, you know what a stock is. It's portions of a company. And instead of getting all risky with your single stocks, you buy them in a fund. And they just determine how risky your portfolio is. That's the balance. Uh, You want both, but you want bonds, more bonds, the closer you get to retirement. So Mm -hmm. both are good. I have, I'm like on a 90, 99% stocks right now at 30 years old because I don't plan on retiring anytime soon. So that's where I'm at. I live life on the edge. (laughs) I always knew that about you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's how we met. Yeah. You were living on the edge. It was. Final question. What should I do with a windfall or inheritance? Well, first of all, count yourself hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. (laughs) And then figure out how much taxes you'll owe on it. That's always the first thing. Mm -hmm. Consider taxes. And then... Use the rest to get you closer to your financial goals. So we recommend always prioritizing paying off your debt, saving for an emergency fund, maxing out your IRA. And if you happen to have some left over after that, you can have some fun, you know, <laughs> go on a vacay, do, do, do a little dance. I don't yeah. know. But you can also open a taxable investment account. Wah, wah. <laughs> it's it's the responsible thing to do. It'll act like your IRA. You can invest in the same funds. It just doesn't have the same tax benefits as a retirement account. But certainly, you you can use it to continue to invest and save. Yeah, you will probably hear, if you're a listener of Dave Ramsey, he says that he saves for investment real estate in a mutual fund. Hmm. And so that's all he's doing. Instead of saving money for a big purchase, like a down payment or a full payment, instead of saving for that in a checking account that gets 0.01% or a high yield savings account that gets 1.6, he just puts it into a mutual fund uh, or in our case, specifically an index fund that can make 12% in a year and not much change with inflation because it's such a short term. You're not promised that, obviously, because it is short term. But if you wanted to save for your down payment for your house in a bond fund, that's, I mean, pretty low risk and still you'll get a higher return than a high yield savings account. So you will have to pay taxes on your dividends. So the growth of it, but you won't be penalized like taking out money from a retirement account early because it's just your taxable account. You can do whatever you want with it. Mm-hmm. And then you just pay your taxes when you take it out. Mm-hmm. Give and Uncle Sam what he wants. Make him happy. It's part of that positioning yourself in the mindset from a saver to an investor. Yeah. And just figuring out how and where to save your money better. Best. Be best. 
Be your best self. I'm so sorry. So that's it. That's all I have to say about retirement. It's not that confusing. It can get as complex as you want it to. Mm -hmm. But as long as you are getting that 401k match, you are maxing out your Roth IRA as frequently as possible, then you're going to be in the best situation you can be in. Mm -hmm. And and that's all. You can't compare your situation to any situation you read about on the internet. Mm. You have to do what's best for you. Amen. So that's the end of our episode. And uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us, for leaving reviews, for sharing the episodes. Reviews like this one from CT What It Be mm-hmm. says, uh, it's five stars. And she says, or he, relatable, approachable attitudes towards realistic goals. Great shower and car listen, different topics that cover the non-polar views that I'm accustomed to seeing all over social media and other money-centric podcasts. Mm. We know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Also, I totally get the shower and car listen. <laughs> That is, that's where I listen to my podcast too. So I'm glad to be joining you in your shower and car. Mm. There's no other place I'd rather be. So we want to thank our friends who share these episodes on social media. So in addition to leaving reviews, you can also enter for our monthly giveaway by sharing the current week's episode and tagging us on Facebook or Instagram. Yes. And instead of books this year, we're giving away $10 Amazon gift cards because TBH, that's what I was doing even when we were giving away books. So I'm just being transparent about it now. And we will give away one gift card uh, for every five tags or reviews we get every month. So keep leaving us reviews, uh, but please share the episodes with your friends and family on Instagram and Facebook. It helps us grow. It helps us get bigger sponsors so that we can afford to do this. Mm. Yes. So Thank I can afford so, daycare. So she can afford daycare and retirement. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that too. <laughs> See you next week. See you in Florida, maybe. Yes. Frugal Friends is produced, edited, and mixed by Eric Siriano. Wow, wow. Um, what what do you want to do in retirement, Jen? Oh, what a great question. Um, so I don't really want to travel a lot unless it's on a cruise. I really want to <laughs> be one of those retirees that just cruises. I, I was just talking with somebody about <laughs> this. It's a thing. Some yeah, some no, retirees hardly own a home. They just, they figured out that it's about as cost effective to owning a home and the repairs and yada yada as just cruising nine months out of the year and then like Mm -hmm. visiting family the other three. And that's what I want to (laughs) do is cruise. (laughs) It's what I want to do now. If I was to retire early, then I would just, I would cruise. You'd have to find a cruise with some good medical care on board. Yeah, but they do have their own medical staff. They have a doctor mm-hmm. on board. So I think it's a safe bet. What do you want to do? <laughs> I can't. I'm just picturing you on a cruise. <laughs> it's going to take me a minute. You can picture. I have pictures of me on cruises. You don't have to picture. I'll show you. You show me a real picture? Heck yeah. I'll I was considering about looking into cruises while we're there with you in Florida. Like, should oh gosh, we like going go on a, on a quick cruise in February? Why not? Let's go. Let's all go. Lastminutecruises.com. <laughs> okay. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So when this airs, we might be on a cruise, actually. <laughs> IRL. Um, yeah. Okay. What do I... I, I honestly have not d- imagined this. I asked the question and I don't even have an answer for it. I think I really don't even imagine myself retiring, <laughs> which is, I don't know what that means. Um, I i guess I hope that I will be in good enough health that I can do things still. Like I, I could still see myself speaking or writing books or I, 
I hope that my mind is still engaged and I can still be with people. Mm, I yes. like travel now. I don't know what that's going to be in retirement. Maybe in my in my older age, am I going to feel ready to settle down more? I, I don't know. Hopefully people. Yeah. My knees are already giving way, so I know <laughs> I won't be walking around hiking and walking around Europe and stuff. Okay. So, so cruise. Okay. All right. Do you feel like you've done the travel you wanted to do in your life? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I want to go back to Europe, but I want to take a cruise. <laughs> you want to take a cruise to Europe and then cruise around Europe. Just be on a cruise. Yeah. I just want to be on a cruise. All right. Yeah. They have like 30 day like cruises. It's, it's a thing. Let's get you on a cruise then. I'm going to look this yeah. up. Lastminutecruise.com. Let's do it. Not sponsored. <laughs> All right. I'm going to look it up. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs> Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.